you know, we, we all have struggles still, but it's about how we navigate them and how we take them on. So, you know, I'd be a fool to think that I'm never going to have any struggles anymore. Uh, but that's part of life. You know, that's just part of something you accept. That's just part of the game. Uh, it's how you deal with it. But it's always going to be there. Problems are always going to show up. Challenges are always going to be there. You're going to lose people. You're going to fall out with people. People are going to fall out with you. Uh, people are going to piss you off. But how do you handle that? You know, that, that's really the, it's, it's the decision point of how do you then how do you then translate the information that's coming in from the external field and how do you go about changing yourself is, is the key. Those who are living a life of freedom have optimized themselves and their lives in pursuit of one thing, choice. They've created the financial, geographical and time freedom to do what they want when they want to. But they've also created freedom from their internal limitations, their story, their biology and their character. In this podcast, The Freedom Project, it is my attempt to shortcut your learning curve to having total freedom in your life so you can go and do more cool shit. I'm going to bring you deep dives into some of the most inspiring adventure athletes and business owners in the world. I'm also going to give you the key concepts of my coaching process to adventurepreneurs so you can start applying that to your life today. So here is another episode of the Freedom Project. In this episode, we're incredibly excited to introduce Lindsay Bruce, a man whose life is a testament to the power of transformation and the warrior spirit. Lindsay's journey is extraordinary. From the demanding world of the SAS, where he honed his skills and won the world's most elite military units, to the discipline and dedication of professional bodybuilding, he has constantly pushed the boundaries of human potential. But Lindsay's story doesn't stop at physical prowess. He's now channeling his vast experience into the Modern Warrior Project, a platform where he empowers others through coaching and mentorship. His approach intertwines the mental, physical, and spiritual aspects of self-development, drawing on his own life lessons to guide others on their paths to personal greatness. In our conversation, we'll explore Lindsay's unique methodologies, which intriguingly overlap with our own. We'll also delve into experiences with psychedelics and how these have shaped his journey and perspectives. So expect a deep dive into the mind of a man who has not only faced immense challenges, has also transformed these experiences into a source of strength and enlightenment for others. Join us as we uncover the layers of Lindsay Bruce's inspiring journey, learning how he embodies the essence of a modern warrior and how his experiences can inspire and guide us in our own pursuits of freedom and adventure. Welcome to the show, dude. Um, pleasure to be speaking to you. Likewise, pleasure to be on the podcast. Let's start with actually that continuation of the conversation we're having having just before recording so decisions you made three years ago and the way that they've um manifested now let's start with a kind of an overview of what was happening when you wanted to make those decisions what was like the kind of the situation that was percolating in your mind covid <laughs> yeah but everybody same as everyone you know we were at a point where there was uh, it was unprecedented times we we had a lot of uncertainty and so you could either you could either be one of those people who would sit back and kind of wait to be saved and wait to be told what was going to happen with your life next, or you can you can pivot and make decisions yourself that are going to get control back. You know, it's all about gaining the control in advance so that you can have a plan moving forward should the shit hit the fan and things to go sideways. So obviously back in twenty Back in 2020, when, when COVID kicked off, I, I still ran a gym back then. So I'd had a gym for like 15 years at that point. Uh, two of them, in fact, but I had one at the time. 
And that had only been open a couple of years. And it was still at that point where, you know, you're trying to sort of get off the ground after a, after a massive opening, after a huge financial commitment. It was getting to the point where we were starting to, like, the landing gear was starting to get folded away, so to speak. You know, we were, we were starting to do pretty well. Uh, had a good business model and stuff. And then obviously COVID happened and then kind of threw that against the wall. And we had to then think, right, okay, what's going to happen if the gyms don't open back up again? And it also gave me a bit of time to sit back and get that extra bandwidth and, and just have more of a pragmatic view on my life. Because I, I had realized at that point that I'd kind of been subconsciously dragged into a lifestyle that I just thought I had to do because it became a Which routine. aspects of it? It became habit. Well, you just, you do something for that long, you think, it's like it's like anything else, I suppose. It's nothing different than someone being in a relationship that they, they're, really, they're really not fulfilled or happy in, but they just stay in it anyway for the sake of mm. change. It's just too too scary to, to, to decide to take that direction rather than just stay as you are. And, you know, certainty is one of those things that obviously <clears throat> some people make or, or they don't make decisions because they, they've got enough certainty to know what's going to happen, even though if that thing is going to happen might not be necessarily the best thing for them. So the, the thought of uncertainty with change is just too scary. And that wasn't the way that I was necessarily thinking because I've always embraced change and challenge. Uh, but at the same time, I think more, more on an unconscious level, I had just been doing something and plodding away, making changes, making improvements, making progress with business. But when I really sat back and thought about what do I really want, who actually am I at this stage of my life? Mm-hmm. Is this what I still want? You know, this was the, these were the questions that, that came up more than anything. And, and it was a realization for me that I actually wasn't entirely happy doing what I was doing. And that, that showed in many ways. Um, but it, it felt like a fight for 15 years almost because the gym business is, is a, it can be a very good um, lifestyle. It can be a very nice business model, but you have a ceiling. When you get one gym and you've got a certain amount of people you can serve, and a certain amount of things you can do, you have got a bit of a ceiling. And it, it goes without saying, you can get away with stepping back and having a team manage. These things do take time and experience and, 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 and all the rest of it. But I guess the way I was doing things, I was very much involved uh, trying to be a control freak the whole way along. Mm-hmm. And I guess when I, when, I, when I had time to sit back and relax and get off the hamster wheel of gym life, <clears throat> I realized then that it wasn't really what I wanted to do moving forward. I was, I had fallen out of love with it for, for various That's reasons. That's a really tough point to get to as well, because you kind of create this identity and you've created this stability and a zone of safety where it's like, you've gone essentially like outside the walls of the, of the walled city, the safety and kind of sectioned off this zone. Like, Oh, I, I own this now. I'm now competent in this. I feel like predictable. And you create this identity and these kind of rules that you follow and then to go, okay, I need, I need some chaos in my life right now. I need some, some growth yeah. is a, is a difficult decision to get to. It, it was, there was an element of that. And then I also wanted lack of chaos because it felt chaotic at that, at that point. So in some ways I was I was kind of trying to avoid chaos rather than embrace new chaos, if that makes what sense. What was the chaos? Uh, the, obviously the, the unpredictability of what was happening globally um, that, that was outside of our control. That was, that was a, a huge factor, obviously. And before that, I mean, we had just gotten over the chaos of, of opening. I mean, I, I made a huge decision to change my gym location to a bigger site a couple of years before that 
which which took huge financial investment, huge amount of energy, and you know it, it put us back to square one and probably behind that. You know, I, I went from having quite a a nice little business model that was kind of safe and simple to run, but that at that point I would say I needed I needed more challenge, mm-hmm. and I needed growth. That's why I decided to go right. I'm not going to settle for this. It's comfortable. We've always got money in the bank and stuff like that. But I felt kind of, I felt like I was plodding along, just kind of coasting, because because it had kind of reached its ceiling at that point. So I thought we need to go bigger. We need to go better, and that was a huge risk uh, that I I embraced at the time. But it caused huge amounts of stress, huge amounts of, of challenge and uh, and financial turmoil to a point, um, because it. it as everything, you know, you, you've got your estimation how much something's going to cost, and then you can double it, and you might be somewhere near it. And that's kind of what <laughs> I used to always say to people that were thinking about opening the gym. So um, I guess at the time, I I just thought to myself, you know, I hadn't fallen out of love with the gym. Like I still love going to the gym. I love the gym life. I think it's a great. Well, some some of them are still great these days, right? There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things mm-hmm. kind of got pieced in a bit obscure but in general you know fitness, health and fitness is something that I've, I'll always be passionate about because I always have been since I was a teenager um so it wasn't anything to do with fitness or the gym it was more like running the business how it was and limiting myself I, I just had that feeling that I, I had this underlying feeling that I was that I had more in me to do something else there was something else that was calling me um something else that I could be more effective and more potent in and more true to myself uh, and be more authentic along the way. So being a, being a gym owner, you know, you, you're running a local business that's, that's customer facing. You have got red tape that you need to adhere to. It goes without saying. You've got a very diverse customer base of all sorts of people, which is great because we invited everyone to, to train at the gym, obviously. But <clears throat> I thought, how can I be most effective in life? How can I be the best coach? And really, my, my coaching started to change as well I, I was more interested in the the mindset side of things uh the you know the, the the peeling back the layers of an individual rather than just getting them into the gym and counting sets and reps and giving them a good fitness session it, there was more to it than that and i realized that that was very much the surface layer of what we're about anyway and it's really about digging deep and getting to the root of why we do things and mm-hmm. you know what may, makes people behave a certain way and, and perform how they do or don't and so I guess it was just more of a calling of there's something else that I need to do. Don't quite know what it is yet exactly, but I know that this isn't it. Mm. How long did you put up with that feeling of there's something else <clears throat> I want to be doing? Because like I I can think back to my journey and I'm not going to bore the audience with it. Um, so I'll give you a light overview. Like I was running Mindset Rex, it was fantastic. Like things were, things were good, like everything's fine. But it felt like there was an internal battle for about 18 months or two years of like, my mind is ensuring that this is a sensible decision. It's taking all the right boxes. It answers the it yeah answers the problems of like how do I create a business that makes some money? But my heart wasn't in it, and like that was bubbling beneath the surface like eighteen months. So how long was that knocking around for you? Quite some time as well. When I, when I in retrospect, when when I think about it retrospectively, I, I would say quite a while. Mm. But I ignored it. You know, I, I ignored the fact that it was there like we do with certain things. We know that something has to change, but it's easier just to go, ah, well, we'll, we'll deal with it later. Because I know it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Pandora's box that when you open it, you know, it's going to... Yeah, it's not stuff. going back in, is it? Nah, 
So it was the timing of I'll deal with it at some point. It's just that at the moment I need, I'm too busy to do anything about it. So, you know, it, I guess it was the fact that my life was on a hamster wheel as it was. It was very busy, very full on. And I, I felt quite overwhelmed a lot, of, a lot of the time with the amount of things that I just had had to do and think about. And that was from various perspectives, be it, you know, coaching clients, managing a team, uh, managing some of the admin still, even though I had a really good gym manager. Um, there, there was still a lot of the fam, family life, you know, life's busy for, for most people these days. And there's a lot of shit going on, right? There's too much going on these days. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing people can do with their lives is simplify the shit out of it and they'll probably be less overwhelmed. But um, I would I would say there were peaks and troughs along the way because I, I got into the gym world because of at the time I was bodybuilding and I, and I was obsessed about bodybuilding. So I just wanted, selfishly wanted, in, a, in part, a lifestyle that would support my 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 serious hobby and my my own lifestyle of being a competitive bodybuilder because back then I had grandiose designs of turning pro and all that sort of stuff. And when I was obsessed about I must win the British Championships one day. You know, that was kind of a, a goal that I'd had in my mind that was at the time something that was really important to me when I look back now actually yeah it was kind of cool if you did it but you know it's not what you're going to be remembered by right so uh it's not there's no way sort of contribution based it's it's a very selfish intrinsic uh goal set and so at that time it suited my my lifestyle to open a gym that's all I wanted to do was have a have my own gym and serve people that wanted a decent gym and have my own lifestyle and I thought this is cushy then when I actually ran a gym, I realized that it was actually not the case. You know, it's your life. No one, a gym does not run itself, you know? Um, so when it came to the whole COVID thing and then having a bit more of a wide angle lens on, I, I started to then dig into, and I had a business coach at the time who helped me quite a lot. Um, I was coached by, you know, at the time I was up on board with a guy called Phil Graham. Mm-hmm. Phil, Phil was really instrumental in uh, one, um, helping me make a lot of progress in my gym business actually um, for the last sort of, 12 to 18 months before that, uh, which got really got us off the ground in a different business model, different different set of beliefs and values and whatnot. But um, then when it came to going online, <clears throat> he, he helped me quite a bit with that as well, actually. Were you uh, planning on going like online coaching in terms of like PT or is it always the mentality no, aspect that you're looking at? It was mostly the mentality. I mean, I, I still uh, look after people's uh, fitness and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. but it's, it's more, it's kind of, it, it looks after itself for a lot of it because a lot of it's on, on autopilot. Um, you know, it's not just about that. You know, you, you get over 40 men who just want to get fit. You, you get a kind of simple approach to them um, as far as what they need, right? Because they're usually not very time rich. So time is a factor. So they need to have something that's simple and easy to follow. <clears throat> so but we mainly, so it's, part of, it's part of the whole process. So obviously people need that. And, you know, I'll explain the, the model I have that how I run things, which is pretty simple. Um but I was really more interested in, in, in the mindset side of things of changing the person's behavior through through the mind. And you know, that's really what it's what it's all about. Um, because then everything else follows, obviously. If you've got the mindset, if you've got the, you know, the get up and go about you to want to go and work out, for example, you know the score, uh, all you need then is a plan to follow. It's quite simple. It's the, the, the problem is getting there. You know, that's that's usually the challenge about why am I not doing the things that I'm doing, as, as you know, uh, being, a, being a mindset coach yourself. So that was really where the passion was, and that's what I wanted to, to delve into more because I knew that that was going to make the most change with people. And also building a community, you know, building a community that people could be part of so they could raise their vibration through a remote community, which is a, a huge part of it. Nice. 
really nice. So, so one of the things that's running through my mind is you've got military background, bodybuilding, both very um, tight in terms of the way you are um, disciplining yourself and very focused on like the masculine aspects of mm. um, of character, of like discipline, assertiveness, aggression, um, action. Do, do shit to change reality and make it happen. And then there's like the, which has its absolute benefit in in the kind of world of transformation. And then there's a point of its, um, that it has to be supported by something else. It has to be supported by that kind of other aspect. And that seems to be working its way into your life right now. But did you find any struggles before did you find any challenges of like okay i'm relying on these tools to help people and help myself and what did they look like many many struggles mm-hmm. many along the way and <clears throat> until recently <clears throat> still you know we, we all have struggles still but it's about how we navigate them and how we take them on so you know i'd be a fool to think that i'm never going to have any struggles anymore uh, but that's part of life you know that's just part of something you accept that's just part of the game uh, it's how you deal with it it's always going to be there. Problems are always going to show up. Challenges are always going to be there. You're going to lose people. You're going to fall out with people. Or people are going to fall out with you. Uh, people are going to piss you off. But how do you handle that? You know, that, that's really the, it's, it's the decision point of how do you then how do you then translate the information that's coming in from the external field and how do you go about changing yourself is, is the key. Uh, but as far as challenges, yeah, there was loads. There was loads of challenges along the way, and it, and it all came back to one thing. And I, I always say this, and it came back to the ego. Because what do we do when we join the military? We're part of a machine that requires ego and lots of it. It's the way that it works. So, without going into this too deeply, but you've got you've got a huge infrastructure way above and beyond you and I, and our hierarchy when we were serving that need. A military to be a certain way to do certain things. So when that military is then assembled and, and, and trained, you've got a lot of little minions all singing off the same hymn sheet, doing the same things, thinking, thinking the same way. That's how it works. That's how you build it. I mean, how do you do drill on a drill square? Not by everyone doing their own thing and walking where they want, when they want. It's about being in step, synchronized. It's, a, it's about huge synchronicity with you know carbon copies of each other to a point. Because that's how it has to be. And so joining joining the regiment still required that. Working in security still required that. Being a bodybuilder to a point still required a level of extreme discipline. Um, and I guess it's about it's about control. It's about from from a self perspective, you know, it's about maintaining control of your life by having structure in place, which is which is great. Uh, to have structure, obviously, you know, it's to have order in your life over chaos every day. You know that that's that's a huge bonus. <clears throat> but when you talk about when you touched on there about the the, the aggression, masculinity, um, assertiveness, discipline, and all these things, they're, they're all very aggressive traits and 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 uh, subjects. You know, they're they're all very aggression based um, tools or traits. And I would say that. The, the 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 problems then show up really when you have lack of harmony with like the masculine feminine balance so what happens then you get a conditioning over a period of time that ends up making you 
a certain way as a human being. You know, you show up in the world a certain way because of what you've done and what you've experienced, who you've been around. So it's a conditioning thing that ends up being a program that runs your life. So you end up being very rigid, being a very certain way, having very strong views and opinions, being in some ways quite abrasive. And there's a lot of these things that will be a great tool if you have to go and do a certain job that requires aggression, speed, agility, fast decision making, all these things. Because like I say, that's what a military unit has to be like. But it doesn't necessarily serve you in all aspects of life. There's a lot of, for example, look at look at military families. I think the last time I spoke to someone, a good friend of mine within the regiment, <clears throat> statistics were something like when, when someone joins the regiment, who's married at the time, I think <clears throat> at the five-year point or something, you know, five years after joining the regiment, there's something like a 75% divorce rate. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, but it's still shocking if that makes sense. And that's because it, it's not conducive to a good family life. Yeah. It's not for everybody. Being a celebrity that travels the world touring stadiums and, and performing concerts isn't conducive to that either. You know, there are many lifestyles that, that have the same um, challenges. But I suppose when you, when you think about the, the, the imbalance or the problems that you face, especially when you become a civilian after being in the military, there are certainly um, ego challenges that, that hold you back, for sure. Mm-hmm. It all goes back to the ego. Yeah. What do you might mean by the ego? Because there's, I suppose, the colloquial term ego. There's the psychoanalytical term ego. Like, what do you mean by ego? There are so many different aspects to ego that people don't realise. So people tend to think that... <clears throat> Conor McGregor has a massive ego because he throws dollar bills around and walks around with a swagger with a mink coat on. That's just that's just attitude because that's what he gets paid to do, right? It's not necessarily he has to have an ego doing what he does. Being a fighter, you have to have an ego. It's part of the part of the package. Without it, you'd be kind of screwed. Uh, a soldier would be the same. Without an ego, you probably wouldn't be as effective in some ways. You could argue. Uh, to a point, that is. I wouldn't say necessarily that's entirely true, but I would say that to a point, you need a bit of an ego, but you need it to be your friend and not your foe. Mm-hmm. And and this is the thing we all do need an ego because it's a layer of protection. But as a, I suppose what I'm getting at is things like you will, you will protect your ingrained beliefs about things like masculinity, about the way that people should be. Uh, that used to translate into things for me like, <clears throat> training clients who were civilians and hadn't maybe been in the gym before uh, not not been able to understand why they would pussy out of an extra rep, an extra set or not turn up for the gym or flake off and, and, and not implement things with their, their diet or whatever it was I'd be like, why why can't this person just do what they're fucking told? You know, that was kind of my attitude why is this person being such a pussy? That's because that's the way maybe I've been conditioned to think and that's the way I've managed to live but at the same time, I can't expect everyone to be tuned into that same frequency as I am. And so there are there are these types of, of traits, and also the things that um, that are you know inner inner beliefs with yourself that that may might hold you back from certain situations, and that could be having fun, it could be being a bit more flexible in your life, because you think you have to be a certain way because that's the way you've been conditioned. So so your ego kind of protects your identity more than anything of how who you are what you believe in, who you spend time around. 
Mm. You know that. I mean, there's one of the things I hate. Sorry, but okay. there's one. This is something I just heard the other day, and, and, and it was you've probably seen and heard this a million times. If you want to be a millionaire, you have to start hanging about with loads of millionaires. If you want to be a fucking, you know, it's like you have to keep the same company of carbon copies of who you want to be. And I think it's bullshit. I think it's utter bullshit. I don't agree with that. There's a point of that where you go, you go right. Don't hang around. If you want to be successful in life, don't hang around a bunch of people who are in a really low vibration, uh, being absolute losers kind of thing, you know, like taking drugs and getting on the piss every weekend. There's that element which is true, but at the same time, I think it's, it's a good thing to diversify your 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 crowd and, and who you spend time around because that's where you learn most, yeah. with, with people who aren't like you. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the things that you seem to be talking through is like, that. I almost say it like, to begin with, you need to train the ego and allow the ego to win. I, I don't know whether this is the same with women, but for guys, it's almost like, okay, you need that pursuit of something that's borderline arrogance, whether that's in the workplace or whether that's military or whether that's sport or whatever, you kind of like, so, okay, I'm dedicating myself to this. And in that, you learn the, um, the discipline, the aggression, the assertiveness, the focus, the hard work, everything that comes along in that more archetypically masculine side. And then it gets to a point where you go, this doesn't work anymore. I need some more flexibility. I need some more fluidity. And I'm sure you see it as well. When people come to work with you, they go, okay, I, I have my, like this is them speaking, I have my idea of what a military mentality looks like and feels like, and that is what I feel I want and I need. And there's a point of that, but then there's also, well, if you're doing something like entrepreneurship, you need something that is a whole lot more flexible because shit hits the fan a lot and you've got a family life that you have to balance with and you've got social obligations that you have to work with and you're not in this um, in this vacuum of the, the military life provides you when you're fenced in and like all you have to do is train and like and then you deploy. That's a different mentality to, well, I'm going to hang out with the in-laws at the weekend and then I'm going to run a business from nine to five, but also there's all these other problems thrown in. They have to make sure the hoovering's done as well. Yeah. And, and I think it's something that, get, that gets misconstrued and misunderstood along the way, which is when and where you need an ego. But again, like, like you, you hit on a good point there, which is to train your ego to be your friend and, and, and serve you. And at some points in life, in some areas of life, you, you do require that to be more finely tuned so the example of a soldier, an athlete, you know, a, a fighter, a professional footballer, you know, any 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 level of any life that requires a, a, a serious level of discipline, you have to be sacrificing something else. You can't like look at Michael Jordan for probably epitomizes this whole subject. He couldn't have been the great Michael Jordan without being how he was, you know. In some ways, you could argue a bit of a bully, but there was a, there was a motive to it all that was that was really well meaning. It was it was never with bad intent to just to be a bully to be a bully's sake. It was about winning championships, and and these 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 guys these individuals need to be wired that way. You need to have flexibility with other areas of life, massive flexibility with other areas of life to 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 accommodate for that extreme level of discipline, whatever it may be. Um, but again, when you look at like a special forces soldier. When when you got a load of when you get a room full of ego, 
and you get everyone thinking they're right, that's going to be a problem. So I suppose you can argue in an environment like that, you know, that's why it works so well because people tend to train their ego very well at certain stages. They fit, they're, they're, fit, they're fitting into a mold there that, that's already been running for a long, long time. And you have things like humility. You have, um, you know, the, the subject of massaging the ego into place where you want it so that you can actually agree on things and have a bit of a Chinese parliament of, of, of who's got the best idea. So there is a lot of managed ego, but there has to be an element of the ego that's still there that will make you react and respond and perform a certain way. Uh, but this is going back to the point of making your ego your friend and not your enemy. And when you are finished with that one chapter of your life, because it is a chapter, then you go, right, this is the next chapter, this is what I'm doing now. Who do I have to be to, well, yeah. not who do I have to be, I'm still me, but what do I have to change in order mm -hmm. to, my, my, How do I have my, to train my character? Because that's exactly. the malleable factor. Like who you are seems to be somewhat solid. That's the authentic pursuit thing. That's the, this is how I want to be. This is my, um, yeah, my aligned, meaningful vision that evolves over time. But the character can be adapted and trained and you can put the reps and the sets into, okay, I'm going to develop courage or patience or wisdom or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, so what, exact problems did you see yourself running into there like what exact challenges did a uh, kind of a lack of that flexibility cause for you uh thinking i was always right mm -hmm. thinking everyone else was wrong and didn't know as much as i did and they, it was always someone else's fault playing the blame game i suppose being a bit of a victim uh if i'm being completely honest because that's what we do we you know we we don't realize it but you're either one of the the drama archetypes of uh, a victim, an aggressor, or, or a rescuer, right? So I, I was I guess I played out all three at some at some point, but you know, I, I had a bit of an abrasive character, I would say, early on in my gym days when I was running a gym, because one, I would only take on clients who would do the work. If they didn't do the work, they could fuck off kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Which is a bad attitude to have because people are there to be helped and they need to be they need to be managed. They need to be led. Uh, but you know, when you come from the military where everyone's doing what they're told or the, the consequences are, are inevitable, uh, when you then leave that environment and then you can't understand a certain type of person. So I guess for me, it was like lack of lack of empathy of different types of different types of human being, um, lack of patience, uh, too much aggression, too much anger. That, that was mm -hmm. probably my biggest probably my biggest um challenge which which was to get rid of the anger that i'd built up over a long period of time through reasons i didn't even know um to the point where i still had this anger quite quite recently it doesn't mean to say i'm not capable of being angry because if something pisses you off enough you're going to get useful angry emotion yeah useful emotion at certain times mm -hmm. but 99 times out of 100 useless mm -hmm. yeah and not serving um so yeah a lot of anger a lot of aggression a lot of uh thinking that i knew best um you know things like that they, they were the they were the things that i would say that i, I would admit admittedly put my hand up and say yeah i was i was like that just a quick one from me if you haven't already downloaded the Adventurepreneur's ultimate route planning and navigation guide to absolute freedom and doing more cool shit, what are you waiting for? 
In this totally free guide, I give you the frameworks that I've taught to hundreds of adventurepreneurs that set their life up for more freedom so they can get out and live a life full of adventure. It's going to teach you how to set your days and weeks up in order to maximize your time doing the things you love and how to perform at your best day in, day out and burst through your limitations. It's packed full of actionable steps and you can get it by going to bit.ly slash adventure dot nav. Once again, that's bit.ly slash adventure dash nav. What's the process of changing that like? Looking inwards, I guess, realizing that one point... And how exactly were you doing that? How exactly were you looking inwards? It was a progression. So, you know, it's, 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 it's along the lines of... Uh, having a moment of realization that something has to change and then deciding I'm going to watch some YouTube videos. Then I read some books. Then I buy some CDs for my car, Tony Robbins CDs and stuff like that back in the day. You know, you're talking like 12 years ago now. Uh, what are we on now, 2023? Yeah, no, 10 years ago, actually. 10 years ago, uh started just wanting to change because I thought, you know, this. I mean, I'm exhausted with this. Yeah, this is an exhausting way to feel always comparing myself to others uh, in the industry I was now in, you know, so being in the health and fitness industry, being a bodybuilder, you're comparing yourself a lot. You know, you, your physique is your is your life kind of thing, you know, for for the most part. It's almost like a representation of your value at some point as well, like, or your self-worth. Like, I've seen a lot of um, bodybuilders get into that trap where it's like, well, that is the way I look and that is who I am. And if I'm not at that, like, peak state, then like everyone yeah. else knows and yeah it's, it's a vicious trap to get into yeah you don't realize that no one really cares <laughs> <laughs> yeah and no one can tell the difference between eight and nine percent body fat anyway no no but in your mind it's, it's a bit of a, yeah. bit of a head break yeah. so so you you're very uh yeah so you're you're very sort of uh insulin in that sense with your everyday thinking you know and it's mad when i think about it now it's like every time you pass a mirror you're checking your body fat and checking if you've lost any size off your arms or whatever it's fucking ridiculous right it's, it sounds really stupid but you, you know that that's what people that's a bodybuilder think like that's how the program and so i guess yeah i guess leaving that identity uh, but and that was another thing you know, when i when i stopped competing as a bodybuilder and i decided to not compete anymore and not decide it was going to make my physique my life that was another change as well that i had to get my head around and it took some time uh, but the uh, what was the original question again? The one you just asked me. Oh fuck no, dude. Oh, how did you, what was the um, was the progression of actually changing that? Yeah, so so you know, going into standard sort of personal development development stuff, uh, realizing that I had to change. You know, I thought I'm not happy, but it's me that is making me not happy. No one else. So almost mm-hmm. accepting responsibility and saying I have to change. I have to do something different because this, you know, losing my shit for no reason, getting angry. And this could be in my car. Someone cuts me up, and I'm fucking running down the road after them, knocking their, you know, banging the window, saying, "Get out of the fucking car." It was that bad, and, I, and I'm, ash- I'm ashamed of that. But I've accepted it, and I'm okay with it now. In the sense that I've accepted that that darkness of my past, and it's like I know I'm comfortable that I would never do that now. Um, but it was kind of that bad at a point. Uh, I'll be honest with you, and and it it just made me feel you know, the, the the feedback loop I was getting from that type of behaviour was was awful didn't really like myself at that point you know I thought I'm this isn't really behaving like a nice person um my relationship at the time you know was was kind of up and down uh, I guess and, and and that hurt me as well because I didn't want that 
you know, I, I always wanted a happy, successful relationship, and there was there were dramas uh, in my personal life, probably because of the part I was very selfish to to be around and live. I was everything was about bodybuilding and me and my business and everything had to revolve around me and my my life, and everyone else had to play second fiddle, and so. <clears throat> The progression from there was then starting to go to like personal development, personal development events of various natures, uh, and then I went on the whole Tony Robbins circuit. Ended up working at his events um, several times, uh, you know, as a crew member and stuff, just volunteering to be around people. Because when I was around, you know, that kind of environment, I I always come away feeling feeling really good, um, and then it was more into right. How, now, now that I'm kind of feeling like I'm really developing myself now to the point where a few years ago I thought I'm, I'm I've really made you know I've made huge progress for myself. I now feel I'm in a position to pass that on to others and, and help other people with similar challenges and problems, and obviously the other stuff with getting people in shape and that that was just part of the course. So this just ended up evolving into this overall. Uh, project or this this coaching program that then covered all aspects of life it was so the three pillars that i cover are are, are purpose path and power um and, and and they're essentially what everyone will need because they've got subcategories that feed into every every single aspect of life which is mind body being and you know where you're going how you're going to get there um and up until this day you know obviously still learning but i feel that i'm now in a position where i've, I've got a lot of a lot of good stuff that I can, I can help other people with. That's the main thing, you know, and I can, and I can be a really effective coach. When you're talking about purpose, I'm guessing you mean following your meaningful path. Like, what are you here to do? When you're thinking about path, I think you're talking about what steps are there. Like, what's the actual um, actions yeah. you're taking? What, what do you mean when you discuss power? Power. So the, the, the three subcategories of power is mind, mind, body, and being. So <clears throat> obviously, the, your mindset, everything to do with. Excuse me. So when it comes to mind, obviously, you know, we're, we're obviously sitting on the same page here because you're very experienced with this, but, you know, how, how do you look after, how do you consciously look after your mind on a daily basis? You know, do, do you practice practice mindfulness? Do you do meditation? Uh, everything's you know, interlinked as well. So it's not like this is one category, this is the second category, and they're all separated by, by, by solid lines. It's like they all merge as well, obviously, into each other. So mind, body, and being is looking after your mindset in various ways, as we know. Um, looking after your body physically, you know, how do you sleep? How do you move? How do you fuel yourself? And, and then the, the being side of things is really about your connection to yourself and something else. So this kind of ties in as well in, intrinsically into the mindset set side of things and, and the body, but it's, it's all really, it's linked, but it's, you can kind of, separate them into a point where you can identify different things so the being side of things is really about you know what what else can you connect to so so this is something that i'm really into now and knowing that it's made a huge difference in my life is about how do you properly connect with your inner being how do you connect with something that's that's bigger than you and i'm not talking about religion if that's your back fair enough i mean i'm personally not religious uh but i would say i'm definitely a spiritual person i think there's more than just just us in, in this existence that we have. So it's about connecting to something that, that is that is that is bigger, a bigger field of energy, you know, the, the quantum field of energy and what it means and how we can how we can make that work for us and work with it. 
to get a better life, you know. So it's all about that connection. And also with the being side of things is about relationships, family, connection to others, community, um, you know, that type of thing. Mm. What have been the concepts or the frameworks that you have learned that you come back to time and time again, the ones that you go, okay, this is something that people need to learn? So from, from a very simple standpoint, so, so some of the first things I teach people are very sort of NLP based things. They come from NLP, but they're, they're not just NLP. NLP kind of coined that as well. But when you when you think about how energy's um, transmitted and, and and received, so the the basic law of uh, you know communication, for example. So how do we communicate with the outside world? You know by our senses. So how do we how do we then accept information? into our minds and our bodies, which is about, you know, our five senses. What filters do we use to, to make a story? So what, what, what is the narrative that we create from what information we have at any given time? You know, how do we feel? And that's obviously a process of the external field telling us, telling us, giving us energy, should I, should I say, and then how we then translate that to make, to create a narrative in our mind, to create the story. How does that story make us feel? off the back of that emotional response and our, and our you know emotional state what do we then do what are our behaviors and what's the outcome from those behaviors what are the consequences what are the short-term and long-term uh, results from that and then if we want to change it if it's not if we're not living in a way that we're getting feedback that, that serves us and makes us happy then how do we intercept that process and it is a process you've just got to know how to intercept so one changing the story giving yourself a different telling yourself a different story, creating a different emotional state. Um, so that's really a model that I that I tend to focus on first and foremost about how you're communicating with the outside world. Um, and then things like archetypes of drama, you know, typical stuff like the drama triangle, empowerment dynamic, that type of thing. These are useful tools that I think are very simple, but you always get penny drops along yeah. the way. And then <clears throat> basic things like how to change your state quickly, you know, little tools of how you can change your emotional state very quickly by focusing on things like your physiology, your focus, your language, that type of thing. And then really it's about how you how you feel about yourself. And, and the two things I always say that you have to be able to do in order to have a fulfilling life is to, is to love yourself and trust yourself. Because that then ties into things like self-respect. If you're not respecting your body by eating shit all the time, you can't love yourself. You might, you might but you're not showing it. Mm-hmm. So you have to love and respect yourself and you have to trust yourself to make key decisions that are going to prove that fact. So these are the things. It's about connecting with yourself and understanding how complex your body is and how much you have to look after it. Um, because, you know, it's like if if the discipline is there with habits and you're doing the right thing, motivation t- tends to show up happiness tends to show up a bit more as long as you've got that balance right mm. how, how do you think the Lindsay of 20 years ago would have responded to love yourself and trust yourself i'm just doing the calculations how old would i have be, been in 26 um i don't think i would have been opposed to it in all honesty i think there's always been a side of me that has been the true self of thinking that is the case but I would say that not even 20 years ago, probably a lot less than that, I would have felt uncomfortable mm. hearing. I'd have felt awkward saying it. Yeah. And I would have felt uncomfortable hearing it to a point. 
kind of kids, it sounds a bit fluffy, a bit fuzzy. And when I stay out to a room full of men, you can almost feel them going, oh, I'm not, I'm not that comfortable with thinking that because it makes me feel, you know, emasculated. It's like, yeah. it's, it's all bullshit, but that's because our ego is telling us that. Yeah. Yeah, there's almost this fear of like, oh, I'm going to be sat in a circle holding hands wearing wooden beads and cool. and humming a mantra which is like yeah which is which is cool but it's like the, the resistance of it to go like oh shit yeah. it's all it's all there ready to go and yeah. do i want to give into I that i remember the first time i went to a tony robbins event years ago and i was like what the fuck is this like seriously <laughs> what have i got myself into you because everyone's high-fiving you and wanting to fucking hug you i'm like get the fuck off me you know it's like it's weird, right? Because you're being conditioned in a certain way that that's not cool, that's not manly, that's just like a bit fucking out there, a bit fluffy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there's a reason for it. You know, there's a, there's a there's a massive reason for the the reason that that people do that in these environments and how it's a good thing because it's about connection, it's about love and connection, which is a fucking it's a very important human need, obviously. Um, and then out in Ecuador when I was dancing around a fire, wearing a fucking you know. Wouldn't a willy jumper and had the full poncho experience off, off my lead on fucking plant medicine. Like, then I'm thinking to myself again, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> I bet, I bet. Like, sometimes I think about the, the juxtaposition between the 20 year old me that wanted nothing more than to do the commando tests and just crawl around the mud and shoot guns and like and just be aggressive and just like yeah. that. And then the version of me that ends up in, in a stranger's house in Wiltshire wearing nothing but white and drinking ayahuasca and then tripping balls yeah. for 12 hours. And I'm like, that is, those are two different people. Those are, they <laughs> yeah. c- couldn't be further from, from each other. Yeah. But it's the same person just evolved. It's just mm-hmm. a different layer. Yeah. You just have a different layer of your personality, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that would have been good for that version of me then either. No. Like, I think that would have like been too um, unraveling. To put it that way, so when, when, when gone, you just question everything, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what you need at some point. But you almost need. It's almost like you know, in art, you have to um, learn the rules before you break them. It's yeah. almost like you have to go. Okay, these are the rules of life. Of this is how I get shit done. Mm-hmm. And when things are hard, which they are going to be, that's how I lean into the challenge and don't. Um, retreat from it it's like this is how i um get to this default aggressive position when shit goes down it's like and then you have to go now i now i learn to break the rules and question reality itself (laughs) which is which is a little deep when did gone i was interrupting you no 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 not at all when when did plant medicine psychedelics enter your life actually how did they that's a more interesting question yeah good good question and I answered this question last night. And I guess it was, again, it was a trickle feed to start with. So <clears throat> a bit like when you decide you want to buy, you want to buy a, a, a black Mercedes. If that's, if that's what floats your boat, right? I had a black Mercedes actually, but anyway, you decide you want to buy a, buy a black black Mercedes that, that, is, that, no, that you don't really see many of. And then as soon as you decide you want to buy one, you start seeing them everywhere. I guess it was like that with... Uh, with plant medicine so i initially read some stuff or listened to some stuff in podcasts about psilocybin microdosing for focus mm-hmm. because focus focusing was always something i struggled with my whole life 
from a very young age in school. Uh, I was in my own world most of the time in classroom. Uh, I struggled all through school because of that fact that I just couldn't see the focus for more than five minutes and certainly on things that I wasn't interested in at the time. Um, but I was very focused with things that I was in, I was obsessed with things I was interested in. So, yeah, people would class that as ADHD and stuff like that, and I've never been diagnosed with anything, but I was always like, yeah, I've definitely got that. You know, I've definitely got attention deficit, which I did have. Of course I did have. But but why? I, I, I honestly think that this stems from something else. Things like attention deficit disorder, things like ADHD with the hyperactivity side of things, there's a reason for it. It's not just a, something you're born with because that's the cards you've been dealt. It comes from somewhere. And there's, there's blockages. It's the same with things like Tourette's, nervous tics. They all come from somewhere. It's stagnant energy that's, that's stuck in there. And, and so when it comes to something that might gain me more focus, the ability to focus more, now people are always, people are usually uh, surprised when I say that, but when I think, right, I, yeah, I was in, in the regiment, I was in the SAS, but what did I just say? I was highly interested in it. You know, I was I was very into the whole subject. So I thrived in it because I was obsessed by it. Uh, because the interest the interest was there and I was good at it. When I joined the, the army, I found that I was actually good at something because it was physical, because it was a, it was physically adapting yourself. And truth be told, I always struggled with a lot of the theoretical side of things, unless I was again completely um, understanding of a subject. And then I would, I would fly with it. But if, if I ever had something that I didn't quite get, I would then go into my former self of child at school, struggling with everything academically. So then I'd, I'd go overwhelmed and stuff like that. So anyway, um, I guess when it, when it first came up, you know, the subject of microdosing for uh, focus, that was the first thing that got my attention. And I didn't do it straight away. I just looked into it a bit more and read a bit about it. And then it started to crop up and all over the place and people were microdosing LSD and psilocybin and, for the audience, magic mushrooms. Um, <clears throat> and then I remember watching documentary about Dorian Yates, the bodybuilder. And uh, he was talking about <clears throat> when he did ayahuasca after a challenging period of his life where he was, you know, fucking taking loads of drugs and just running riot after, after retiring from bodybuilding. <clears throat> and he said about the he he talked about the the benefits of ayahuasca, and straight away I'm like, well, what's this ayahuasca stuff? You know, I need to know more about this now. So I went down a rabbit hole with that. Started doing a bit of research and watching YouTube videos and reading about it. And then again, everyone every fucking way I turned it was like people were talking about ayahuasca. I'd never heard about San Pedro at the time, and so this was over the space of like a few years. And then I eventually was like, I, mean, I need to get myself some some mushrooms. So I was in a coffee shop one day and a friend of mine, she said something about magic mushrooms. And I was like, fucking hell, this is... So I started talking about mushrooms to her. She goes, oh, I'll give you some uh, mushroom chocolate. I've got some mushroom chocolate in the house. I'll bring some in for you. This is like a year ago. She brought me in some a square of mushroom chocolate, a couple of squares of mushroom chocolate. It was like, there you go, look, take that. Uh, dodgy deal. <laughs> but she, she gifted it to me very kindly. And so this mushroom chocolate then sat in my fridge for weeks on end and I was kind of looking at it going, should I take this? And what's going to happen to me? I'm going to fucking look in the mirror and my face is going to be disappearing or something. So she gave me some instructions about how to set an intention and the environment's right and make sure you're in a comfortable environment, no interruptions, that type of thing. So that's when I started taking uh, mushrooms, which was just through chocolate form, which was very effective. And I started taking just that. It, was like a, it wasn't a microdose, it was like a gram and a half. Mm -hmm. Um 
like one square was equivalent to like a gram and a half. So that was what I started doing. Kind of on a, a weekly or every every couple of weeks basis, I would take a square of chocolate and just sort of chill out. And um, interesting because that's quite know. a frequent exposure to it. Every week, mm, every week yeah. and a half, two weeks. That's that's well, frequent. One every two weeks okay. on average, but sometimes longer than that. It was never it was never weekly. Okay. Uh, yeah, probably every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so, a, what did that What did that do for you? Uh, I noticed that, that initially. Initially, when I was taking it, it just gave me some typical purging signs like laughter, uh, mm-hmm. yawning, a few visuals, things would look a bit different, things become really high definition. So I felt like I could, and I also felt like the conversations I was having, because I'd always do it with someone else, and and uh, the conversations I would be, I'd be having, uh, sort of in the tail end of, of the trip, would be very kind of in-depth, intense conversations. I was finding that I was able to access parts of my brain that were otherwise blocked. So I was coming out with these ideas and having these thoughts. I was like, how the fuck am I thinking about this? Like I'm thinking on a really deep level here and I'm coming out with stuff. And I just felt like I was even being more articulate in my manner. Mm. And I just thought, this is making me sharper. And then the next day I would wake up, feel really, really good. Like I feel really awake. I felt like I had a really good sleep. And I had because I measured my I tracked my sleep on a whoop band, so my sleep stats were always really good. So I was thinking, this is fucking quite amazing because I'm taking something that's making me feel pretty chilled at the time. It's giving me good insight. The next day, I'm waking up feeling really fresh. I'm feeling really focused. I'm feeling like I'm procrastinating less. Uh, so it was all, you know, everything I expected, and there was literally no downside to it. There was nothing negative that I could even think about at all. But then that that then took a bit of a turn. So I decided I was gonna I was gonna do a heroic dose of mushrooms, which is five grams and above. So I took like five grams of mushrooms, um, and I didn't know what to expect. And then that was a very different experience altogether. That okay. was <laughs> heavy visuals, <laughs> things looked a lot different, uh, and I went into a very physical experience on what felt like a deeper state uh, and I, I felt connection for the first time I felt connected to something else strongly like like something else was there and it was it almost overtaken it was taking me over so my body physically was being manipulated in a way that I'd never experienced before like mad yoga poses and being able to completely relax my whole posterior chain and and stretch out parts of my body that I it would otherwise be really stiff. And the next day after that, I was like, holy shit, what happened to me last night? Because I got a lot of insight as well. Like I got, there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of emotional release. Uh, it went on for hours, you know, it was like five, six hours. And, and I, I felt like I'd released something. I felt like something had been lifted at that point. But I also felt like I'd just scratched the surface. So what then happened was I decided to try DMT. So I did DMT with a friend of mine who I trusted. Uh, who's very experienced with it? I would not recommend that anyone, anyone does this. By the way, this is this is like not to be messed with. But I was I was with someone who had done it a lot, and he says, "Look, this is what we have to do." And I, I tried DMT in a, in a vape, <clears throat> and got a very different experience again because you're like from here to kind of like here to hyperspace in like second like milliseconds. But I didn't completely blast off like people would people would talk about. I still had a foot in reality. I still felt like I could open my eyes and be in reality again. 
but when I closed my eyes, it was I was in another dimension. I was in this other dimension of having this realization that, like, fuck me, that this is like another world that, that I'm in here. I could see stuff that was kind of trying to pull me through a portal. And that was the first really deep insight I got into uh, anything, anything like that. And then after that point, my mushroom experiences changed even on a lower dose. So I found that I was able to access certain things. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm combining this with meditation and stuff as well. So deep meditation daily, and, you know, with all these things combined, the mindfulness, the meditation, the, the trying to just completely switch off. And then, and then when I was going into lower dose mushroom trips, I was feeling that I was able to access a deeper state very easily just through practice. And it wasn't to the DMT levels, but it was certainly a lot deeper than even before with five grams. And also I was getting physical release all the time. I was always getting these physical release type symptoms of uh, like ex ex expelling something that I felt was like trauma-based, like a lot on my stomach, a lot on my neck. <clears throat> and it was every time to the point actually where I was apprehensive about taking mushrooms at some points because I was I knew it was coming. I would almost be like, I would, I'd be with someone else who'd be having a great time and they'd be chilled out and I'd be like fucking body popping on the floor. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it was that it was that severe on very low dose mushrooms, but obviously it was working its magic. And every time I would get through it, I would always feel lighter. So, but it was scratching the surface. It was always scratching the surface. So that's that's kind of at the point when I thought I have to almost like it's a bit like when you go into a room and you start cleaning some stuff out because you're looking for something, and you you realize how much of a mess it is, and you go, "Fuck it, I'm going to spend Sunday and I'm going to clear this whole place out and get it completely sorted." That's almost like I wanted to feel with my inner being mm. i thought i need to get this shit put it into order yeah and that's what i did when i went and did ayahuasca and san pedro and okay yeah that is probably um how it's been what it's been two days three days since you've been back something like that uh it's all oh, we are now this the 12th 12th it's a tuesday yeah. so i came back 10 days ago okay how's that how's that transition period been <clears throat> been interesting it's been uh, uh, a little bit odd in some ways from a, an introspective point so i felt a lot different uh, since i've been back i felt like i've had to sort of take a bit of a social media detox even i was off social media for most of the time when i was away but when i've come back i didn't want to just go back into like, a good friend of mine uh, Andy McKenzie, he, he, one thing he said to me is that he felt that when he came back from doing ayahuasca, he kind of re reintegrated himself very quickly into social media. And he said he wished he hadn't. I was very conscious of that. And I thought, right, I'm not going to rush back into this. I'm going to do what I have to do, speak to who I have to speak to, you know, speak to my clients and all that sort of stuff. But um, I don't really want to submerge myself back in full on social media uh, consumption mode because I don't like that anyway. Uh, but I suppose I've just been hyper hyper sensitive to certain things, hyper aware of certain things, and uh, very cautious of where I go, who I spend time around, what I consume, who I talk to, Why? because you don't want things to get in there and get those little gremlins to get back in and you know rechange you back to how you how you were before. Not that it was that bad, but I mean it was uh, there were certainly things that I wouldn't want to go back to. Interesting. Well. I think at some point, I think we need to do a part two because I've got about a thousand more questions than I had when I started. Um, so I'd love yeah. that. But let's um, let's wrap up here. 
where can people find you? Where can people follow you on social media and get involved in uh, the Moran, sorry, is it Modern Warrior Project or Modern Warrior? Yeah, it's, it's the Modern Warrior Project. It's yeah. the coaching yeah. program, but my, my Instagram is the Lindsay Bruce. Cool. Just like the, the Lindsay Bruce, and that's it. Amazing. Okay. Perfect. I think the, 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 the in front of someone's name is a little bit kind of cheesy, but I just, it was at the time, it seemed like a good idea. And it, hey. it, so. I think it works. <laughs> I think it works. Thank you so much, Ron. No worries. Pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me on.